Spooky enough for you? I'm spooked as heck. Oh, I should have brought that one back for tonight. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, greetings. Yeah. How we doing? What? <laughs> Man, fuck this podcast. Put that beat back on. Okay. Dude, I listened to the R.L. Grime Halloween mix at the gym this morning. How many times? And things got... Well, I mean, it's like an hour and 15 minutes, so just once. Well, <laughs> I mean, I figured it, it, it might have been so enthralling that it gave you enough energy to mm, work out For the that gym. three-hour workout. <laughs> <laughs> you needed three cycles of the R.L. Grime Halloween mix. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually all I did today. I just... Stayed at the gym and burned like 9,000 calories. Uh-huh. R.L. Grime inadvertently killed like 500 people just because <laughs> they got so hype listening to his Halloween mix. It was like that thing where uh, back in the old days when people danced themselves to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like that. Except just like banging your head off to yeah. incredible remixes of Throw Some D's. Mm. Mm. I think the uh, the North North uh, Chun-Li Northside Long Beach. Yeah. Got, pretty, got me. Pretty strong. If you don't well, know what we're talking about, go Google R.L. Grime and listen to all his Halloween mixes. They're great. He's a, he's a producer and a DJ who... Um, yeah, every year he does he does a like a full hour long DJ mix that is Halloween themed and has had such uh, guest drops as Shaquille O'Neal, um, R.L. Stein. He has R.L. Stein every year, I think. Which his name is a play on. Oh yeah. Okay. I yeah. Needed to double check that. Um, but yeah, they're spooky. And did they're we fun. did we do a Halloween themed anything last year? I don't remember. I don't. No. Okay. I don't, you know, I gotta we be honest. We probably didn't put out an episode on Halloween last year because that's how days and years work. True, true, true. Uh, I, I gotta be honest, there was some conversation in the Facebook group this week, um, which, by the way, go join the Facebook group. Shitload of y'all coming in. Come hang out. Uh, there was some conversation about whether or not we had covered something that someone uncovered, and people were like... Oh yeah, it was like episode seventy-one, and I was like, "Whoa!" Talking about the Georgia Guidestones, it was the Georgia Guidestones, mm, yeah. And I vaguely remember having a conversation about that, but couldn't have for a second told you when that happened, how many episodes or years or lifetimes yeah. ago it was. I remember that one, but only because I prepped that one. Paid episode, free episode. Eh, I don't know. Eh, eh. Hey, speaking of paid episodes, yes. Shout out to y'all. We're, we crossed the two hundred. Oh yeah, that was fun. What's up? Uh, for those of you who don't know, who are new to the show, we do two episodes a week. You are hearing one of two episodes. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash whatifpodcast, you can give us five bucks a month, and we give you four additional episodes of the show oh, dang. every single month. Um, so thank you to everybody who helped us cross the 200 barometer. Are we playing voicemails today? Um, we have a bunch that I haven't looked at. We do have a bunch. Should we play a couple? Let's pick a couple. Hey, okay. happy Halloween, guys. Wait, I have a quick I have two quick questions before we get to voicemails. Oh okay. Spencer. Yes, right. What are you dressing up as tomorrow? Um myself. Spencer. Spencer, yeah. I haven't, I, wore, I haven't worn a Halloween costume in like twenty years. I had a feeling Spencer was gonna be the answer to that question. Yeah. Spencer's dressing up as Spencer tomorrow. Okay. Sorry. Question number two. Mm-hmm. Are you potentially giving away rolls of toilet paper to kids for Halloween because I just went into your bathroom and there has to be at least 100 rolls of toilet paper in your bathroom. There's like 
four. Mm, hey, man, you never know what could happen in there. I'd rather be prepared. <laughs> that's true. You know, I also the, do kind of, I saw it and I liked the concept for a second. I was like, damn, there's like 48 rolls of toilet paper here. It's and seriously then, like four. Rolls of toilet paper? Yeah. Have you gone in your bathroom lately? There's also a thing of paper towels that you may have confused. There are. Is it two 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 multi packages Whatever. of paper towels? All I'm saying is that you're exaggerating by at least like 500. percent But carry on. I mean, guys, it's not like we've ever exaggerated <laughs> anything on this show before. The point I was about to make was, damn, it would be super funny if your whole thing is, you know how like the house on your block was growing up, the king size candy bar house was like, mm. damn, that's super cool. Or like the soda can house. You're like, damn, they give away that cans That always seemed risky to me. Which part? The can of pop. Risky like a kid's going to throw it? Yeah. Well, so my next take was going to be, <laughs> could you be the roll of toilet paper house? It's like, got a ton of paper, some shit, buds. And just give every kid a roll that's of toilet a paper in their bag. horrible idea. Or you're contributing to the madness that is Halloween in a way that's like super irresponsible and kind of the same way that giving kids like a giant size candy bar it's and a can the of same Coke thing is, at all. Well, you know, <laughs> one of them's going to give them too much energy. One of them's going to give them too many tools to vandalize with. You're not going to have to clean the candy that you give a kid out of your trees. Oh, I don't know. I th- I think they'd be barfing all over the place, <laughs> barfing in trees, barfing in sidewalks. Yeah. You can- you be power washing candy off of every surface the next day. Guys, if you can't tell from Ryan's ideas about Halloween, this is his first Halloween as a homeowner. I, I'm, fuck me, I'm grown now. <laughs> well, kids just climb your trees and barf on stuff, right? I, You're going to have like six kids come by your house and they're going to be done by 730 because no one trick or treats in our neighborhood. And, and I'm going to give him a can of Campbell's soup and a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> Eat that. Shit it out. And I'm going to kick him in the butt on the way out and say, get out of here. Go get some more candy, you dummy. <laughs> um, all right. Let's just. Uh, I wish it was Halloween tonight. We we have two. Three, actually. Oh, maybe four <laughs> from the same person. We have several voicemails from Cam. Oh, Cam. Cam's coming in hot this week. Huh? Um, One of them starts. With, well, goddamn, Spencer, and then proceeds to tell me how stupid I am. So we should for sure listen to that one. Sick. That sounds fun. Um, I miss Bear. Bear, where you at? Give us a call. Well, we, we could always call him, too. That's let's, true. Let's see what Cam has to say. All right. Hey, y'all. It's Cam. I was just listening to uh, his Patreon, and I had to pause it. I ain't got but a few minutes into it. Ryan is talking about the goddamn season, right? My, my man. He's speaking the goddamn truth, Spencer. <laughs> I had to pause it right when you said that he lives in L.A. for a year and a half. I'm out here in San Francisco, right? So, God- so we did talk about on the Patreon episode, we talked about me living in L.A. and moving back home, and part of me loving that was talking about fall and seasons and Halloween. Apparently, Cam, who I believe moved from Texas to the West Coast, is echoing my sentiments. And I pointed out that Ryan lived in L.A. for a year and a half and experienced... The equivalent of six. five, maybe six seasons well, at best. No, I think four. I think four is the exact number. Huh? Well, I'm saying, yeah, you only get two uh, of them. Sure. So, but I, like, what would have been a cycle and a half through the seasons? Sure. Yeah. Damn, I tell you what, he's right, man. I've been out here goddamn six years, and I, 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 he's speaking to my heart about these seasons so, and shit. Speaking to your heart. I don't know. Should have fucked you up, Cam. Different when you uh, you ain't. 
change, and you got all this uh, just regular weather pretty much year-round. It's only about two months out of the year in San Francisco. They're a lot different than the others. And that's mm-hmm. September, October, where it gets a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> Cam spent another two-plus minutes agreeing with you and telling me that I'm stupid. So we're going to skip to the other topic. I'm sorry, Spencer. I'm a very big fan of anyone who wants to call the show <laughs> and call you stupid and agree with me. So I feel like I'm just saying there are there's no, so we, much of him calling me stupid and agreeing with you today that we gotta consolidate a little bit. We can bit. move on. I just So the, we can still talk about old British ghosts. Mm-hmm. Slow ghosts. Well goddamn, Spencer, you just got on my shit list today, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly I wanted to get to that. <laughs> Oh shit! This was this literally the same day. Uh, this was twenty minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. oh shit! That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so we'll start that again from Dude, the top, just we, so you can hear that can again. We, yeah, can we please make this a drop real quick? Yeah, sure. Well, goddamn, Spencer, you just got on my shit list today, boy. Oh man, can I? All sorry, right, real I quick. Need to clarify a couple things. You're talking about marijuana, right? You're talking about the cannabis, you know, the doobies, the fucking ganja, the doja. Uh, well, you're talking about how you know, well, California, uh, Canada ran out of weed and all that, and then and they didn't give them enough time, and then you know, California passed the law, so people prep and get ready for the uh, the 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 quantity to have uh, you know inventory. Well, Spencer, I'm sure you know this. You probably just forgot about it. Well, uh, California has had medical marijuana since 1992. Good point. 1996. I think it's one of them. It's mm-hmm. called Prop 92. So I might get mixed up there. But there's been infrastructure in place. Uh, well, in California for a decade, but. A legal infrastructure on a medical uh, scale. Okay, so Cam spends another uh, like three minutes yep. t- telling us about how to legally sell weed, okay. which is great. But I really just need to play nice. the first five seconds of that because. Uh, well, goddamn, Spencer, you're on my shit list today. What I really need in my life. So, y'all, uh, the sounders that you hear on the show every week come from a board that Spencer has in front of him that is a 16 pad board. And then has multiple sets for each of those 16 pads. So you have at your disposal, at like somewhere in the realm 128. of... 128. You have 128 sounders at your disposal? At I mean, I, I could. I don't have that many loaded up most of the time. We're but. talking like 50, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just need one button. <laughs> and it's just those five seconds from Cam. That's all I need. I need a single red button I can push that just says, Well, goddamn, Spencer. <laughs> You made my shit list today. That's the he hit shit. me with the boy at the end too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunj your, your ass hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's some funny shit right there. I tell you what. All right. Uh, you want to talk about some old ghosts? I mean, it's it's all Hollow's Eve, or the e- Eve Eve. How does that work with like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Like Halloween's so Eve tomorrow. Is, the day before, but. is this all Hallows Eve and tomorrow is Halloween? Yeah, you know. What fuck it, y'all don't know. Y'all gonna listen to this in the next like three days anyway. So Shit we're just went gonna bad say real quick. We're, you know I mean? we're gonna say, fuck yeah, it's Halloween, and we are doing this podcast by the light of one orange salt lamp and one candle. Uh in honor of the NBA season returning, I think I'm gonna start pulling some some NBA sounders into our uh 
into our repertoire. I'm into it. Do you have yeah. one on deck right now? Well, I played one a second ago when, when, when five seconds in, we didn't know what Halloween was. <laughs> Shit went bad real quick. You know what I mean? Uh, who is that? <laughs> it's Chris Paul talking about the, uh, the, the mm, fight the other night. It did go bad real quick. Yeah, you got punched in the face, bud. That that, that would be the <laughs> definition, my guy. Um, Shit's about to go bad real quick. We- so Ryan wanted to tell all y'all about the history of Halloween, and I said, that sounds cool, but can we just tell ghost stories? And I said, okay. So we stuck sort of to the, uh, the the history, which is, it has roots in ancient Celtic and European history mm-hmm. about spooky ghost stories. Mm-hmm. So we figured we'd just tell some spooky ghost stories from the UK. Because it's a spooky night. <laughs> Do you want to start? You want me to start? Um, I think you should kick us off. Okay. I got a good one. I got a good spooky one to close on. So I started thinking about ghosts, right? I'm scared already. <laughs> Ryan turned all the lights off before we started recording. You guys, I'm holding the, uh, both then, arms of my chair real tight. <laughs> and then freaked himself out, apparently. <laughs> guys, if you don't hear me for a while, it's because I crawled under my own chair. <laughs> uh... So I started thinking about ghosts and how come whenever you see ghosts, they're like old, Mm -hmm. but not really old, right? Mm. Like humans have been around for 200,000 years. How come we only see ghosts from like the 1800s? Do ghosts die after like a couple hundred years? Oh, that's interesting. Do they pass on to like another Mm. another realm of ghosthood where we just can't see them anymore? I see. What you so the the suggestion you're making is where are the caveman ghosts? There should be caveman ghosts. Right, 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 right. Damn, caveman ghosts. Add it to the list. Oh, that's a really nice one. That's some of our finer work. (laughs) That's some of our finer work. (laughs) Tm tm tm. Um, (laughs) So we're putting that on a record. (laughs) You never see ghosts, or you rarely see ghosts from like, you know, two thousand nine. Yeah, right, right. And you don't see ghosts from like nine. <laughs> you get a lot of ghosts from like eighteen ninety and uh, like that. Yeah. You know, like hundred to two hundred year old range. The the eighteen hundreds to like early nineteen mid nineteen yeah. hundreds. Yeah. So I tried to find. This, not the oldest ghost story, but the story involving the oldest ghosts I could find. Does that make sense? <laughs> it totally does. <laughs> but I just had, like, as you were saying it, I had this concept in my head of, like, just a very old dude. <laughs> like, the most old dude ghost. Not the ghost from the oldest. So a guy who died when he was, like, 115 and yeah, then started ex- haunting people? exactly. Like, just... <laughs> just can't really understand what he's saying. Just, like, in a ghost wheelchair mm-hmm. and, like... Mm-hmm. Eating ghost applesauce with like no ghost teeth, you ghost know. Ghost sauce. Also put it on the list. The go- ghost sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good too. Thanks. Uh so I found or was reminded of uh-huh. a classic ghost story. Okay. Uh about the York Treasurer's house and Harry Martindale. I have no idea what oh, you're talking dude, this about. Oh, dude, this is a great one. Tight. So this happened in 1953. Okay. Uh, but it happened in a house that was built in 1562. That's That house shouldn't still be standing. <laughs> and there's at least one wall of this house that was built in 1091. 1091. I 
you know, I think I said this when I came back from my Europe trip last year, but I just don't like, I don't think that physics should work like that. Like that stuff were, can stand upright for a thousand years. Yeah. Like walking by a church and it's like, this church was built in 1342. And I'm like, no, the fuck it wasn't. Like, I just, I don't, I don't. Own, fuck no. The concept does not compute. Uh, I live in America where if like the built, oldest building is 200 years old. And that seems old as fuck to me. If you build stuff out of rocks, they last a long time. I, I guess. And, yeah. and you, and you, you do it with heart and soul. We just build stuff out of like, you know, wood and shitty stuff over and here. Fast food wrappers. Why are you being so lazy, my boy? Come on, man. No no wonder it falls over. So the York Treasurer's House was originally built in ten ninety one. Uh that's about to be a old ghost. And the treasurer of the York Minster lived there. So it was this very man, uh, y'all are so cute. <laughs> With your cute ass names. <laughs> Way back when, uh, the treasurer of the person in charge of the church okay. lived there. Okay. Uh, the house that is currently there was built in 1562. Uh, and this was after the Reformation. And at that point, it was built for the Archbishop of York. Sounds fancy as fuck. To live there and entertain traveling guests. Sure. So it was, it was a very. And is a very fancy house. Uh, in those, whatever, five, almost 500 years, it's changed hands a few times. But since 1930, it's been owned by the National Trust. Okay. Like, so, a, like a house of public record. Yeah, basically. Got it. So, in 1953, uh, they were doing some renovations on the house. And they were replacing or, like, renovating the uh, the heating system. So, they were installing, like... New radiators and pipes and a new boiler and stuff. God, ghosts and those pipes. Well, <laughs> so there was a gentleman, Harry Martindale, who was a plumber's apprentice. And his job that day that he was working at the house was to go down to the basement and dig a hole, basically, or cut a hole through one of the walls in the basement to fit a pipe through it. Sure. So they were routing a pipe from one of the radiators upstairs down to the basement. They just did this in my house recently. Yeah. So the problem back then, though, with houses built in the 1500s is that the walls were like four feet thick and made of rock. Cool, 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 cool. So oh, so that's how they stayed up so long. Right. They were just actually part of the earth. Basically. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and so this cutting a hole in the wall took him like a day and a half. <laughs> I. I was going to guesstimate a way longer time than that. So on the second day, he's down there and he's been working for a couple hours and he's like up on a ladder because he's, you know, he's not cutting this hole at ground level. He's sure. cutting it up near the ceiling. Yep. And basically his day was just like with a longer and longer extension, uh. like chiseling away at this wall. He's <laughs> got like a fucking hockey stick chisel at the basically, end of the day. Yeah. Like, come on, breakthrough, motherfucker. And... After a few hours on the second day, he starts hearing this music that at first he thinks must be coming from upstairs because there are other people working on other parts of this renovation in the house. And it starts getting louder. And as it gets louder, he realizes that it's not music. It's like one note being played at like sort of regular intervals, like a like a trumpet-ish, horn-ish sound. Do you think? There's any possibility that he was striking metal 
on metal in like an enclosed rock space for a really long time. <laughs> and by the end of the day, he was just hearing clang, clang. Oh, like it was some sort of echo? Yeah, no, not uh, an echo, just like he had fucked up his No, he ears. just internalized it? Just yeah, 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 banging yeah, yeah. metal on metal. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe. No, I'm just uh, fucking around. I, it probably sounded more like... Sick, yeah. sick. The ghosts were just cheering him on. Like, 19, hey, 1953. Hey, keep up the good work, but I know you're down here by yourself. We got you. It's lit! <laughs> Grab that hole, Harry! <laughs> so this... this like trumpet blast. You're doing shots. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this trumpet blast starts getting louder and louder, and he uh, he starts being able to tell where it's coming from, and it's not coming from upstairs. It's coming from inside of the wall that he's working on, Whoa. or on the other side of the wall that he's working on. So he he's was, hearing it through the wall that his ladder is leaned up against. So he was hacking into a music school. <laughs> Maybe where they're just practicing <laughs> one note at a time for hours on end. Dude, that kid was bad at the trumpet, man. <laughs> just play, play a B flat. Bud. Look, start here. Just <laughs> until you get one right. <laughs> it's still flat, you dummy. You'll sit you gotta, in this room. Got to hold a constant pitch. It keeps dying in the basement. <laughs> uh, and this trumpet sound is coming from inside the wall, and. He looks down, because he's up on a ladder, like, looking up above him, chiseling away. Sure. He looks down towards the floor to try and figure out, like, what is going on and what could be making this sound. And as he looks down, he sees a helmet come, like, out of the floor slash wall, like a Roman soldier's helmet. Sick. And it starts coming... Uh, out of the wall that he's leaned up against, but um, he watches it for a while and he sees this helmet turn into like a full Roman soldier walking out of the wall that he's working on. Goo. <laughs> but what's weird about, well, I mean, what's weirder about this is that it's not like a full, not quite a full person. This person is like cut off at the knees. Ooh. But is appears to be walking like out of the wall that he's working on just to the other side of the room. Got hit by one of those gladiator chariots, man. <laughs> Remember that scene? No. Mm. Chariot had blades. Gladiator? Chariot had blades on the side, man. Mm, I never saw it. Ooh, boy. Hey. Got you. Got you, motherfucker. <laughs> Gladiator's tight. You should watch it. Okay. But there's actually a scene where they talk about a real thing that happened, which was Roman soldiers would sometimes be in battle, and the chariots would have, um, they would apply multiple blades to the actual ends of the axles of the uh, chariots, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then when they would run through a sea of soldiers who were on foot, the like two foot blades that were out the side would actually be rotating and would like. Damn. It's kind of fucked up and like mow people at the knees when they would drive through pulled by horses and shit. Yikes. So that might explain that. Well, that wasn't what happened to this dude. Oh, all because right. Because as he walked across the room, it was like a an angled floor, right? So like one one side of the room was higher than the other oh, side. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And as he gets to the other side. It was the year 1000, guys. Give him a break. <laughs> Levels yeah. had not been invented you know, yet. Uh, he gets to the other side and. Now Harry can see his full person. 
Okay. So it was like he was walking. He emerged. Yeah. He was walking in one level, sort of regardless of whatever level the room or the house was at. Got it. So he came like out of where the level would have maybe cut him off. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So he watches this guy just walk across the room and then into the wall on the other side of the room and disappear. Do we know if in this initial pass, did he like pee and poop himself? (laughs) Did he say, hey, bud, what you doing? Did he run or was he just sort of like, what the fuck? And just froze or? He just kind of froze when he saw this dude. Okay. Still up on the ladder. Uh, But he starts hearing more sounds coming from in the wall or in the direction of where this Roman soldier guy just came from. Yeah, yeah. And then he sees a horse come out of the wall. Cause fuck yeah, Cause he does. ghost horse. Cause ghost horse. <laughs> fuck yeah, you did. And on top of this horse is another Roman soldier. And he has a shield on his arm and he's like in full uniform, helmet, uh, armor. They were wearing um, like leather skirts kind of that For were sure. like cut. Uh, a, like a f- kind of a fringe along the edge. Braid, yeah, yeah. You gotta watch Gladiator, bro. They all right. They they shred this stuff, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, he starts freaking out and he hides because he doesn't know if like <laughs> how many more Roman soldiers are coming. Yeah, and he doesn't know because they don't look ghostly. He described these as looking just like people and a horse. Oh, okay. So, In my head, I'm envisioning sort of like the cloudy, pale These were just visage. people. Nope. And so he hides. Oh. Because he doesn't know if they can see him. He doesn't know if he's in danger. He's whatever. He just saw a fucking horse walk out of the wall with yeah. a Roman soldier on it. Yeah, I'd, I'd get the fuck out of there too. And behind the horse come more soldiers uh, on foot walking in pairs. And... Uh, there's an interview with him, with Harry, describing this situation uh, that I watch on YouTube. But he said... Oh, really? Like mm-hmm. he, he... Like much later, he he did some press about it. Like he, to- cool. he told the story at the time and did some like um, like newspaper interviews and like local press. Yeah, yeah. But he actually does an on-camera interview on some... Uh, it's called The Y Files. It's some like paranormal UK investigator show from looks like the 90s oi <laughs> fuck off australian if anything <laughs> no i was going i was going cockney oh uh, well you missed it's okay yeah right. Shit went bad real quick you know what i mean it's been a while since i've flexed on my <laughs> shitty accent game guys but it's coming out tonight <laughs> Uh, so he doesn't know exactly how many it was, but he said it was at least 20 soldiers came through this wall. Oh, Jesus. Just walked across the room so and that then had to through been... the wall on the other side of the room. Okay. So that would have had to have been like a multiple minutes long experience, I would imagine. Uh, he d- he also does this interview in the room where this happened, which is kind of interesting because oh. you can see the, the size and scale of things. And he can like point, like, can you give me a ballpark? I of mean, it was probably, it was probably like a... 10 to 15 foot walk. You know, it's like a smaller basement room. It's not okay. huge. So walking across it would probably only take a few seconds. But yeah, like a minute or two at least, I would think. Okay. Um. So he wa- he just watches all these guys go by. And then the last one that goes by is carrying some sort of horn and 
playing mm. the note that he had heard from inside the wall. What's the um what's the name for that? The um the ram's horn a, a conch? No, that's the mm. that's the shell. Mm. There's a name for like the ram's horn, like the shofar? Is it the Is uh, that right? I think that might be right. I think it's the Yep. Yep. <laughs> I think it's, it's the that. reggae horn. It's the reggae horn. You're right. I think it's the shofar, but maybe so, he after these soldiers go by, he runs upstairs. Nailed and the uh, the caretaker of the house is like, "Oh, you saw the saw the Romans." I'm sorry, what? So apparently the guy who, because this was like a, a state-owned house, yeah, but yeah. they had a, a caretaker assigned to it, uh, had seen the same or a similar thing in the past and hadn't told anyone because, you know, seems like a pretty good way to lose your job. Because that's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also like, uh, maybe you're spending too much time in that house by yourself and yeah. we should reassign you or find someone else who isn't What are you chipping out it. of that wall, bud? Mm-hmm. So... What was weird about this, I mean, a lot of things were weird. What <laughs> what what caused people uh even to be even more suspicious of this already suspicious story was that the uniforms that Harry described didn't make sense. Oh, in terms of what people knew about Roman soldiers at the time. Um they were carrying the wrong types of shields, their uniforms were not what people thought Roman soldiers would have been wearing uh, the types of swords he described them carrying were not accurate to the the time, um, and people assume that Harry was just making up a story about seeing ghosts in the basement. Like he's the only dude who saw it at the time, and he described something that like was not historically accurate. Um, and you know, he was eighteen at the time that this happened. I was actually just about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was just about to ask what at what age he was in life when it happened. So they thought he was just some fool boy, fucking bullshitting kid, like yeah, high school kid just fucking with people. Yeah. Uh, however, in the '90s and in the 2000s, there were uh, archaeological digs of Roman forts that pulled up a lot of at the time new artifacts that matched what Harry had described. Yeah. And what he described matched specifically Roman auxiliary soldiers. So basically in the 50s, we knew about one type of Roman soldiers. And apparently there were another type. And he described this other type before people knew about this other type. This is so fucking tight. (laughs) I'm so into this right now. Um. And so I, I've i seen this part uh, reported two different ways. One, that when Harry went upstairs, the caretaker said, oh, you saw the Roman soldiers? And he's like, yeah, I saw them. They looked like this. He's like, yeah, I saw them before. Another place that I saw this reported, um, the caretaker saw this four years after Harry saw it. Okay, so... There so was both, either pre-affirmation or post-affirmation. Yeah. One way or the other, allegedly the caretaker of the house saw the same thing. Okay. Um, Harry reported this or like retold this story many times in many places, both in print and in on video and in person. And until he died, uh, never changed 
his story and also never took any money for any of his appearances. Sick. <laughs> yeah. What was Harry's last name? Harry's last name is Martindale. Martindale. So where are we again in this? York. York. That's England, right? Yes. Do we know where in England? Uh, no. Sorry. But I can... Sorry, UK listeners. We're sorry. We're stupid. <laughs> it's in North Yorkshire. Okay. Uh, geographically, we're... North. <laughs> cool. I can get behind that. <laughs> Northeast-ish, maybe. Good enough. Yeah. Um... So my additional question would be, is the rest of York super haunted? Yes. <laughs> cool. Because cool. there, there are lots of other stories about other places in York that have weird things happening. Oh, that's cool. Um, We're like um, in between Leeds and Newcastle, if that means anything to you. Sort it of does. like the north, north central-ish part of, of England. It actually does because I took a train out of London to Edinburgh, so... You probably went right through it, but... We literally went right through Newcastle. So that does actually make some sense to me. Um, my my question, though, wasn't, wasn't necessarily about the rest of York being haunted. More so it was... So, super cool that he identified something that was like not at the time considered historically accurate and then knowledge became, he shouldn't have had. Yeah, like or those are really have had. Yeah, those are really um to me personally, those are like really powerful and interesting indicative uh like sentiments, if true. Yeah. Um that's the part that always gets me. Like that would also be a great detail to just add to the story to make it sound more convincing. Sure. But whatever. But they're also, I can see there being a version of it where he described it in the newspapers or in those situations. We have documentation of him saying it before it was real. Yeah. Which, you know, if, I, if I couldn't find that documentation, but yes, if that exists, then definitely. My next question would be though, is do we have any, um, historical evidence of Roman auxiliary soldiers in that, area funny you should say that that house is built over a ancient roman road really yeah and it would have been and y'all that sounded like i just teed spencer up for that i super (laughs) didn't i've never heard this story and we didn't talk about what we're going to talk about today yeah it was built on the site of a like roman walkway would there hmm would there have been a way to know that? I feel like there probably would have been a way to know that, but I guess I don't know. Like, I'm just devil's advocating here. Like, could Harry have known that it was, I don't know. Are you saying, could he have known that at the time and yeah. therefore made up this story that would have been more plausible? Because of that fact? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm I'm sure that information existed in the 50s. Yeah. If he would have had it, and I, who knows? Okay. Yeah. You know, is is that maybe something he had just studied and then was at the top of his mind? Yeah. 
possibly. Yeah. I, I don't know how we would ever really know that. Or some sort of just like tribal story in the village that like, yeah, this used to be a Roman walkway or whatever. Sure. Sure. Like hearsay in the town. It's a fascinating fucking story, man. I love the versions of this type shit um, where even though like even though he was an individual who this happened to a it's a super fucking elaborate thing to just make up mm, yeah assuming that all those details were the original story yes yes if the story has grown over time that's the thing i always always worry about with these is like I saw a ghost walk through a wall and then it became, I saw a Roman ghost walk through a wall and then it became, I saw Roman troops walk through a wall and then it became. And then by, especially, you know, 60 some years removed, you're hearing a retelling of a retelling of a retelling of a retelling of a story that's 65 years old. Sure. Although if we have video interview evidence of him maintaining his own story. Yeah. We do have a little bit more of like a true primary source. Right, of, yeah, we do have him telling it himself sometime in what looked to be like mid to late 90s. Right. And we've talked about this concept with a lot of the shit that we talk about um, on the show where it's like people who are, um, uh, what's the word we use? Not observers? Witnesses? It's observers? Is that what it is? I don't know what you're talking about yet. Experiencer versus what's the other version of that? We talked about it when we talked about the MUFON stuff where it's like if you've been, if you've had a physical interaction versus if you've just like seen something, it's Uh, like observer versus experiencer, isn't that what it is? That seems reasonable. I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, um, if you are someone who is either an experiencer or an observer of a phenomenon like this, especially as someone who, if we have kind of general documentation that he wasn't immediately writing his Roman ghost book and touring his Roman ghost book and going on the Roman ghost speaking circuit. Right. As far as we know, he didn't do any of those things or ever make any money off of the story. Yeah. While continuing to hold to its veracity later in life, to me that lends so much along with a couple of the other details, again, presuming that they're true, but we do have the first person version of it. But like, to me, it lends a ton of veracity to the story that someone would come out and be like, that was super fucking weird. And I don't know what the fuck just happened to me, but like, I should probably tell you guys that just fucking happened to me. Cause it's fucking weird. Yeah. Because you have so much more to lose as an 18 year old. Who's like getting your start in a trade. Right. You're at one of your first jobs. Yeah. Or your Yeah. Maybe for literally first job. There's fucking ghost soldiers <laughs> down here. <laughs> Oh, cool. Uh, we don't work with you anymore, and you can fuck off, you little weird ass. Yeah, take take your fucking ghost soldier bullshit elsewhere. We out of here. We'll work. We'll work with someone who's willing to shut the fuck up, drill their holes, and have a beer with us afterwards, and not be a fucking weirdo about it. Yeah. So, like, to me, it lends so much veracity to the story for people who don't invent it for monetary gain, as far as we can tell. However. He did not come back to that job after that day. <laughs> that lends more veracity. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know if it was because he was terrified or he got fired or both. <laughs> well, I guess but there's that. The positive way of looking at it is that he was so scared he didn't go back. Negative way is he started telling his boss about ghosts in the basement and they canned his ass, but we don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say like hard to, 
Hard the way to, the way Harry tells it, he didn't go back because ghosts. Because fuck that noise. Yeah. Fuck this shit. I'm out. Right. Um. What's your like believability scale? What's your take? Uh. I think one of the more plausible explanations for ghost stuff. Uh oh. Is that you're seeing. Uh, like a replay of something mm. or that you're seeing a moment in time that has somehow been captured or uh, you're observing something. There never seems to be like in a, in the, I don't know that, that seems more likely to me than like there's some sort of sentient spirit contained to an area knocking your coffee off the counter. Uh, oh, we about to go there. <laughs> So in that sense, especially with the like independent verification of the uh, the description of the soldiers, that this was an area where those soldiers specifically would have been. Um, right. I don't know if I I'm, I'm not going to say I like believe it because there's just no solid evidence other than one guy's story, and I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Um, but as far as ghost stories go, this is one of the more believable ones to me. Yeah. And I think too, this also goes a little bit back to some of the conversations we've had on the show before as well. But it's like, when we say that you believe it, what do we mean? You know? Yeah. We believe that he, I guess. Do we believe he saw that? Well, what does that mean? Right. Do, do we, we believe that he had the, the experience he says he had? Right. I guess is how I'm thinking about it. And then and then the additional part of that is like if a third party was there and didn't see it, does that mean he saw it? You know, like Yeah. Because I don't think I don't think Harry in this case is even claiming to to know what it was. Right. He's, He's just, just saying like, this, was this is what I saw. Yeah. And so I guess do I believe that he saw what he says he saw? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't tell you what that is. Right. You got uh, some sentient, invisible things knocking stuff off of counter stories? Sure do. Great. It's uh, your turn. About to go there, bud. Uh, very, very quick aside. Least trash Halloween candy. Are they trash? Most trash Halloween candy. Go. Well, most trash is Almond Joy. Shots fired. Or mounds. Mounds is the correct answer. But yeah, they're yeah, both garbage. Yes. Um, Somebody was eating a mounds at my job the other day, and everybody was like, what are you doing? They're like, this is delicious. And I was, and everyone, like, not everyone, but You're a, piece of shit. a handful of people were like, it's not tight. It's not tight. <laughs> so it seems very polarizing. There seems to be a very we, strong group of defenders. We've established that we both hate all things coconut in the past, though. Uh. Yeah, like I've said, I'll eat coconut shrimp, but that's about it. Mm. I believe we referred to uh, coconut LaCroix as uh, sparkling barf water. Yes, which so, it is. Which it is. <laughs> that's just true. It's, that's just real. Uh, I I tend to go like sour, chewy things. Mm. Not a lot of people gave away sour, chewy things I know. in Halloween, though. It was a lot I, of like candy bars or like chocolates or M&M's and stuff. I just found out that the uh, Asian grocery store in our neighborhood. Your? 
sells literally every variety of haichu, including the sour ones. Whoa. And it's lit. Like the whole tube? You can get the tubes? Yeah, or you can get the, the big like variety bags. Oh. Yeah, so I bought the sour variety bag guy the other day. Oh. But I'll go like... Damn, let's uh, stop the show and just eat high, <laughs> high chews. I'll go like uh, Skittles, or okay. especially Sour Skittles are my jam. Okay. Or like Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids are the shit. Yeah. Or, but these aren't uh, really Halloween candies, though. I they, mean, make the, ever... they make the little bags of both of those. Really? Little bags of Skittles are a classic Halloween candy. Yes, but no, I've never seen a little bag of Sour Skittles, because mm, I feel like Sour see, Skittles came out when we were older. You've never worked with elementary schoolers. This shit is everywhere. You know what? When you put it like that... Yeah. Little little Skittles, you're right, was definitely a thing. Never never little uh little sour patch kids though. Oh yeah. Yeah? Not little when ones? we were kids, but they exist now. Mm, that's tight. Mm-hmm. Damn awesome. Sour patch kids real bad right yeah, now. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm also my I'll do mine really quickly. Mounds is the wrong answer or is the is the right answer for worst. The the most trash uh thing. Um I'm gonna put the least trash, personal favorite. A Reese's peanut butter cup, man. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong. They're so good. And mm. they just they hit the spot every time. Mm. Peanut butter MMs, also great. I also great. I still would take a straight up peanut butter cup over peanut butter MMs. Are they trash? Um hi hi at what if podcast.com, 612-246-4614. Don't give a shit about what candy you like. Don't email me. Tell us about your <laughs> Halloween candy favorites. <laughs> Um, Tell me about your poltergeists, bro. Polter- I'm getting dickered on this one. Fucking sure enough, <laughs> poltergeist, German word for loud ghost. Face your fears, son. Yup, we're about to, because <laughs> loud ghosts are fucking scary. You know, else is fucking scary. Weird kids, and this story has loud ghosts. You got some black-eyed children? And weird kids. Mm. Uh, no, not black-eyed children. Listen, you e <laughs> Just yeah, That's pretty good. When we're talking about kids, that'll work. Thanks. Um, no, just just kids being creepy. Mm. I just sent you some audio, by the way, that we should we should pull up at some point later in the story. Oh, okay. I was ignoring my phone during the episode, but no, that's, I need to pay attention, apparently. No, no, I, it's okay. I told you now. You, you, can, you can ignore it. Okay, I got it. Um... So we're going to go to, we'll stay in, I should say, uh, in England. And um, we're also actually going to go, not North England, but North London. Okay. And we're going to go to the year 1977. And we're going to go to a borough, a northern borough of London called Enfield. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what happened? Guess what happened? Um, We're going to talk about the Enfield poltergeist, which... For those of you who are well versed in the horror movie genre, mm, was actually that's not, me. that's not me either. Uh, was actually partially the inspiration for a movie called The Conjuring, which oh, I've never yeah. seen, but I am familiar with. I haven't seen it either, but I've it's a classic. I don't know shit about horror movies, and I know that one. Yeah, word me. I felt the same way. I was like, oh yeah, I've heard of that movie. Um, so. We go to a house uh, in in Enfield in 1977. It's what's known as a council house, which um, is what's up. Did bud? not prepare me for what I was going to see if I clicked on that link you sent. Oh me. yeah, it's shit's shit's, damn. shit's about to get a little <laughs> little wild. Uh, it's it's Halloween, Sorry. my guy. Yeah, well, uh, coming uh, in hot. <laughs> I was telling cute ghost stories. You're you getting into some weird shit. This one's 
definitely way less cute. Okay, great. Un- unfortunately, but also, <laughs> I'm spooked as heck. Let's get it. Um, the uh, a council house uh, is sort of uh, I don't know what the universal term for it is in the United States. We have what's known as Section Eight. Um, I don't know what it would be called in other places, but essentially government funded housing, government funded housing. Yeah. So council houses were basically row houses that were subsidized or funded fully, um, for people who are on some form of government assistance. So the Hodgson family, uh, lived in a three bedroom council house, uh, in North London. And one night in August of 1977, Uh, the single mother head of house Peggy Hodgson calls the police and says, Hey, um, there's some weird stuff going on. There's furniture moving in my house. Can you guys come check it out? Uh Oh, and it was like sort of late at night, but not super late at night. And the story goes that uh, the constable, man, y'all so cute, uh, (laughs) the constable or police officer who responded to the call said something to the effect of like, yeah, call us back when the pubs close. Basically being like, ha ha, fuck off. Yeah. Um, And apparently Peggy responded by waiting for an hour until the pubs closed (laughs) and calling the police station back and saying, there's still things moving in my house and I would appreciate it if y'all came and checked it out. Okay. So police go to the Hodgson house in North London, Hodgson house in North London and explore the space. Um, You know, like journalists kind of get activated almost at the same time as police officers, depending on the case. No, but, You know, like if there's an ambulance or a murder call or people are listening to the radio or whatever in contemporary times, like press follows where police action is. Okay. Some version of that apparently happened at the same time. And uh, Mirror, uh, which is a website now, and I don't know if it's still a paper, but Mm mirror.co.uk apparently was a publication at the time. So they mobilized uh, a couple people to go check this out on the same night. Um. What they found when they got to the house was moving furniture. Heck. Things actually moving. Heck. Um, marbles flying through the air at random intervals and times. Heck. Heck. Children's toys that were actually hitting intruders in the house in the face. Heck. 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 Um, all while observers of this were in sight of the four children and the mother in the home. Ugh. From 1977 to 1979, over roughly a period of 19, 18 months, um, over 30 different individuals, including the family police officers, reporters for the BBC and Mirror, uh, paranormal investigators, psychic evaluators, um, all kinds of people from all kinds of life, 30 different individuals testified to 
having some replicable version of this experience in the Hodgson Council House. I'm disturbed. I don't know why I decided to do this. Yeah. Um, there were reports of levitation, which included... Of people or things? Both. Oh. Objects included pillows just being flung across the room. Hmm. Um, You're going to fling something. That's polite, at least. Well... Cabinets that were hung on the walls that were literally lifted off the wall and then dropped. The speaking of y'all being cute over there in the UK, apparently there was like a uh, a lollipop woman in the neighborhood, which I I guess is like some version of a cart pushing ice cream vendor, but like sold lollipops instead. Mm. Makes was, sense. Was walking by the house one summer evening. And saw um, the the two daughters uh, in the family of four were the ones who were most uh, affected by the why, why is that poltergeist? Uh, which, that seem, that which seems part? like a a theme in these stories that it often centers around youngish to like early adolescent ish kids. Yep, and more often girls than boys. Yeah, that's an interesting question. What's that um, all about? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, like I, I, I didn't. I guess I didn't really expect an answer. But sure, that has always seemed strange to me. I, I, I do have a hypothesis, which, which would essentially be like, whatever the disembodied spirit is finds maybe like the easiest vehicle, or but why would that be it? The youngest child, like in a family, but or? it's not. It's like. It's not even youngest sometimes, though. It's, it's That's like fair. 10 to 15-ish, it seems like. Yeah, so these girls, one was 11 and one was 14. Boom. Um, and, and the lollipop pusher in the neighborhood saw, um, I believe it was Janet, vertically floating in the upstairs bedroom of the house across the window. In a way that like wouldn't be replicable. So to clarify, like council house, section eight, government funded, single mother, four kids. The family was extremely poor. Um, didn't have like a ton of food, didn't have a ton of means. So there were some people that were like, oh, well, this is all like they're using wires or they're like they're trying to trick people. It was like they didn't really have the means to be buying and like spending time just like mm. fucking with people well you you could argue i i mean i don't think that's necessarily a great argument for this i think there are probably better arguments for this weird shit happening there are because i could i could see that being the inverse too of like these kids don't have a lot to do for fun and so they're bored and there are four of them and like what do you do with four bored kids you sure. come up with weird schemes to entertain weird yourself games. yeah well, and what do you do if you don't have access to to money that you need well maybe like this pr stunt can get you somewhere sure. I, I, I don't know i could see that argument going either way totally fair and i'll say two things so wire is not expensive no that's fair <laughs> i'll say two things in contrast to that one similar to the story from earlier tonight uh, the Hodgson family, as far as we know, uh, never made a dime off of their claims. They were definitely featured in papers for the course of like 18 months. 
but were never paid for those appearances and never sold their stories or traveled around it. Um, Janet, the one of the two daughters, I'm not, I can't remember which one. Let's see, Janet and Mar- so Janet was 11 and Margaret was 14. So Janet was the younger of the two. That's how numbers work. Janet um, maintains her story to this day. She's still alive. Um, so kind well, I mean, of that's a better outcome than I thought might happen there. Would in terms that she's of still alive? Oh. <laughs> Well, she was 11 in 77. Oh, you're saying because the poltergeist would have killed her. Got it. Invisible things were making her levitate around her house yeah, got and it. throwing no, totally. things at her face. Totally, totally. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Janet was most affected, maintains her story to this day. And wait, so what uh, did I miss something? What this stuff just stopped eventually, or what? Well, I'll, I'll get a little bit further into the exact instances. I'm just trying to say, uh, the the levitation and floating physically happened to her and she maintains that it was real that it that oh i see later in life that she was not um she didn't change her story on what had happened to her in that house got it i'm gonna read a couple quotes um speaking of lending veracity so there were reporters who this became kind of a media circus because it was such a strange thing that there was actual furniture moving and things flying around the home um the BBC reporter Ross Morris uh, was sent to the house, and I'll I'll read you just a quick quote from him that he had been interviewed after uh, after visiting the story. He said, um, "Quote: I thought it was an ordinary job until I walked into the house. I stood in the gloom in the kitchen, and one by one, they brought the children into the adults' arms, and the last one to come in was Janet." And suddenly things just took off and started flying around the room. I got hit by a Lego brick over my right eye. It gave me a lump for a few days. So there was a fair bit of force. Dicks. There were marbles and things left in the kitchen that were just flying around the room. And I was watching all of the family and none of them was doing anything. Not that you... What would they be doing that would make that happen anyway? Throwing things or, you know. Levitating people. <laughs> right, right, right. Although, for, for what it's worth, like, he saw more of the object stuff yeah. than he saw the people stuff. Um, He also says, so over time, Ros Morris spent evenings in the house while investigating the case. Um, Another quote, uh, he said, what convinced me was a thump when a chair was moved across the room and I am convinced there was no time for a little girl to get out of bed, stand up and chuck a chair across the room. It was disturbing. It's an odd thing to be involved with. And one of those things you have to think about what's really happening. I don't know what it was, but there was something very strange going on. So to go back to lending veracity, this is a BBC reporter who was assigned to a story and this was his personal outcome after the investigation. Um, Peggy in multiple interviews uh, expressed again, furniture moving around the house, levitation of things, moving of things. Uh, Peggy said, quote, I just couldn't believe it. Oh, sorry. Uh, This was after a specific instance where someone had witnessed a dresser actually being moved from one side of a bedroom to the other. And there's actually audio of her saying this. It's earnest and interesting. She said, I just couldn't believe it. In fact, I pushed the dresser back twice. And the third time, I couldn't move it. 
And there's this really interesting, um, you know, part of there being 30 eyewitnesses to this that, that confirmed some of these claims of the Enfield poltergeist. Uh, one of the interesting things is there are a couple of trends in the eyewitness reports that are separate from each other at separate investigatory times. And um, another one was from another one of the uh, mirror reporters who came to the house. So those two people were Doug Bentz and Graham Morris, not related to the Ross Morris from earlier. No relation. Um, he says, uh, this was, uh, this is Graham Morris says there was a chair which fell backwards in broad daylight. And another time when a curtain wrapped itself around Janet's neck. God damn. One incident I recall very clearly involved a marble apparently appearing from nowhere and then dropping dead at my feet with no bounce and Mm. marbles just don't do that. So that concept of like things moving and then stopping and like Mm -hmm. not being moved as if more controlled is an interesting element where like you couldn't fake that by just throwing something or whatever. I ever told you about that at the the studio. No, (laughs) why we've, 105 episodes, my dude. And you're about, uh, to, you're about to drop a one time a poltergeist fucked with me at the studio? Well, no, I mean, not that directly, but I, I've i been at the studio by myself late at night many times. Yeah. And it's always, especially early on, it was weird. And there would just be strange sounds and, um, I, and like, the the feeling where you see something out of the corner of your eye would happen to me all the time there. Totally. And I I chalked it up to like it's just sort of a weird layout Lights and there's and lots angles of and yeah, glass there's and, lots of angled yeah, glass yeah. and windows and stuff. But in the uh in the C studio where Ryan and I used to spend a ton of time, yep. I would often hear a the sound of like a uh, if you were to drop a marble on the floor and hear it like bounce a few times you know yeah and then eventually settle like like yeah scatter kind of yep that i would hear that pretty regularly from i don't know where and Mm. it always struck me as really odd because that place is designed to not hear shit yeah and especially not to hear anything from outside of the room itself yeah and it would only happen when I was the only person in there. And you'd be like, where the fuck is that coming from? Yes. And sometimes it would... Ooh, like, I just got the hickeys. <laughs> sometimes it would be, uh, you know, like a normal, like three or four bounces. They'd get closer together and then it would sort of stop. Uh-huh. Other times it would happen like eight, nine, ten, twelve times. In a row. Like it were... It, <sighs> bouncing at like the same interval. As if it were somehow returning to the same height each time. Oh, so not like the scattered. They didn't dribble. get closer together and then stop. It would like sometimes it would do that. It'd be three, four bounces that would all get closer together and then it would stop. Almost like it was getting like dribbled and then let go of, kind of. Yeah. Fucking what the fuck? I don't know. And then one day it just stopped, and I haven't heard it in years. Hmm. Goo. <laughs> I always thought the marble thing was weird, though. That comes up a lot in, yeah. in these stories. Yeah. So um, we're about to get a little weirder. 
What is this audio you sent me? Am I supposed to do something with that? Yeah. So what had happened was, <laughs> um, the furniture tipping and falling and dragging and curtains strangling and marbles flinging and toys flying, um, got worse and weirder and, um, Got to the point where in the house, the family and others, including reporters and investigators, started hearing a voice. No. Yeah. No, thank you. Yep. Unfortunately, yes, thank you. We're going to do it. Is that what I have audio of? So. (sighs) Fuck. True investigators, again, like BBC and Mirror journalists, brought audio recording devices into the house. And. I want to say two things really quickly before we play this audio. There is acknowledgement from both the investigators as well as the girls that as part of this being a bit of a media circus, they kind of egged things on. The girls did? The girls did. And so they, so a couple of reporters said that there were moments where they could tell that the kids were trying to like add to the story. Hmm but that they were able to go. There were very, very clear moments where the kids were trying to be like, Oh, that chair just fell over. Uh, and they were like playing to like, try to make it a thing. Okay. But then there were other moments where it was like, that fucking kid is over here. And that fucking chair over there just fell over. And that's like weird, which actually to hmm. me in some ways, like lend some veracity to it because these kids are young. Maybe they're trying to play along, be part of the media circus, gain some attention in the moment. So they're like maybe trying to fake things to help. But at the same time, there's a bunch of people who saw versions of it where they're like, I know what it looks like when a kid's playing or fucking around or trying to fake something. And that was that. And this is completely different from that. Yeah. Being able to compare the two in the moment, actually. Uh, Yeah. yeah. As an adult. So one of the things that happened was the kids and the family started hearing a disembodied voice in the space. And sometimes that disembodied voice would actually come out of Janet's mouth. And unfortunately we're going to listen to the audio recordings of what that sounded like, which was a voice that both some of the reporters say it had no starting point it came from the room mm. and then other times it came from what felt like the back of Janet's throat where she would glaze over and these sounds would come from her mouth. Oh, am I playing this whole thing? We'll listen or to starting it, at the beginning. We're at least? just going to listen to the oh. first, okay. however much you can take. Come on. Let me say my name. Say, say, Dr. Bellock. Who is it? 
Now, if you squeak the bed, I can't hear you talking. Now, say Dr. Bellon. Come on. Come on, say it for me, Dr. Bellon. Was that barking sound at the beginning it too, or was yes. that their dog? No, that was... The room was barking at them. Yeah. Heck, heck, heck. We should keep going a little bit further. Okay. Rob, that's good. Come on. Shut up, do. I'm So there are reports of, not reports, there are recordings of this happening for hours. Consecutive. Coming from nowhere? They, the, so again, I, I'm, I have a hard time understanding the duality of it coming from Janet's mouth or like personhood and then also coming from the space. But it's, the way that it's described is that it's almost transient, that sometimes it was just present in the room and then sometimes it would like source to the destination of her mouth or the, or uh, the inception of her mouth and like come out of her. But sometimes she would not be in the room and the voice would still be in the room. A video recording would have been so much more useful. Fair. <laughs> Cause but, like, yes, that is creepy. It also sounds like somebody doing a fucking Yoda voice. Yes, but so I, I I kind of agree with you, but also a bunch of the people again, like who were tasked with investigating this, heard some version of this. And there's actually a really great. Um, I'll make sure we put this in the show notes for today. There's a great uh, BBC. I guess I think it's a podcast actually i'm not entirely sure um what what it you okay but i'm just trying to think of like i don't know how to get to it you just have a stroke it's just bbc slash sounds and I'm, i was pulling up the link at the same time it's called the reunion the enfield poltergeist okay and it's a it's a um it's a reporter who gathered uh a bunch of people who were involved in the case including some of the reporters and got their take on it it came out, uh, I don't have a date on it here. It came out in the last like couple years. So they like retroactively went back and asked these people about their experience. And one of the things that they said was that multiple different people had heard some version of this voice. And a lot of people said, well, it's a symptom of, uh, of kids with Tourette's that they can actually have a bark in their, in their voice box or their vocal cords. Yeah, I mean, um, none of those were sounds that a kid couldn't make. Right. But one of the, one of the, um, the competitions to that was this is an 11 year old girl and there are audio tapes of that fucking babble going for like hours, like two to three hours at a time of just like nonstop nonsensical babbling talk mm -hmm. from this disembodied voice. And like, you wouldn't, 
you would an 11 year old girl is going to like stop or give up or clear her throat or like she's not just going to sit there and put on this fake fucked up voice for hours at a time that's what i'm having a hard time understanding though was she always there when this was happening so again like i i still i don't entirely understand the dynamic of when it was and wasn't happening you hear in that last clip the investigator says something he's he's continuing to try to get it to communicate with him yeah so he's continuing to say, say my name, say my name, say doctor this, whatever. Say nope. my name, say my name. When, when you are a ghost. Um, and, and you can hear him say something like, I can hear you creaking the bed. I don't want to hear the bed creak. I want you to say doctor such and such. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess that's what I don't understand. Is he speaking to an empty room or is he speaking to an 11-year-old child? He, I think he's speaking to an empty room. Well, that's very different. <laughs> yes, but 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 I but again, I think and there were way crazier. There were other times where that voice did emanate from the little girl, but sometimes she was not present. Okay. So yeah, that's that's fucked up then. The or much more. It's fucked up either way. It's way more fucked up if the if an empty room is speaking to you for hours at a time. Yes, and you can record it and. Put it on YouTube. (laughs) But so was Janet, an 11-year-old girl, producing this fucked up, deep-voiced growl. Eh. Eh. So... I've I've heard kids make all kinds of fucked up noises. Sure. There is audio in the recurring recordings of this fucked up voice of Janet at one point saying through her mouth, but in (laughs) that voice... Just before I died, I went blind, and then I had a hemorrhage, and I fell asleep. I died in that chair, the one in the corner downstairs. Okay. So, in the media circus about this whole thing, that audio made its way onto the radio, and the radio played that audio of Janet saying that phrase and a man called the radio station and said, that was my dad. My dad died of a hemorrhage in that house when like whatever fucking 30, 40 years ago when I was young, Mm. he had a hemorrhage in a rocking chair in that house. And so... Wait, how would he have known from the radio broadcast what house it was? I think he dug into it after hearing like, died of a hemorrhage in a rocking chair, whatever, like this is weird, and like dug into it and figured out that they lived on Mm. 224 Green Street or something like that and put it to, or 284 Green Street and potentially put it together. Uh, Again, this gets into the, which of these details came later, which Mm -hmm. are totally like viable. Um, Janet later in life had said, uh, this is an interesting quote from her, quote, the levitation stuff was scary because you didn't know where you were going to land. I remember once a curtain being wound around my neck. I was screaming. I thought I was going to die. I was bullied at school. They called me ghost girl. I would dread going home. The front door would be open. There'd be these people going in and out and you never knew what to expect. I'm not one for living in the past. I want to move on, but it does come to me now and again. I dream about it and it affects me. And I think... Why did this happen to us? So what was the resolution to all of it? Did they move? Did it just stop? No. So one of the, um, one of the sort of 
again, people who were assaulting the story said, well, sometimes council houses in the 70s, similar to Section 8 in the U.S., is not always the nicest living conditions. And depending on the specific condition of your Section 8 or your council house, maybe you make up some wild, crazy story because you want to get the fuck out of there. You know, mm -hmm. maybe that's not financial gain, but maybe you get moved to a nicer thing if you make a big enough stink about it. Well, they never moved. They actually stayed there because it was convenient for them with like schools and jobs to actually stay in that place. So they never actually... Yeah, it sounds convenient being strangled and levitated. Right. Um, there was no like exorcism or any specific event. There was just sort of a waning occurrence of it until one day, uh, again, like I said, 18 to 19 months later, the reports um, stopped. And that really is more like the reports being the reports in the news stopped. So okay. we don't really know from the, we don't, I don't, I couldn't find any specific documentation or evidence from interviews with the family about like, did it go on for five years, but slow down or seven years and they yeah. got used to it or, or people got bored with the story after a while. Right. Like we don't really know. Um, but that's what they say is within roughly about two years was the amount of time that these things happened. That's way too long. Yeah, I'd have been the fuck out that night. We out of here! Happy Halloween, kids. Hope you <laughs> sleep good. Hope you didn't listen to this before bed, bud. Um, See, you all didn't happen to do a bunch of drugs, did you? Well, you know, maybe that would help sedate this episode <laughs> nope, about a little bit. Yeah. Um, we love you guys. Thank you all so much for support. Seriously, thank you to everybody who joined the Patreon. We're over 200 supporters. That's fucking amazing and crazy. If you want double the What If Podcast every week, go to patreon.com slash what if podcast. And for just five bucks a month, you get two episodes every week instead of one. Uh, hi at whatifpodcast.com if you want to holler at us with an email. 612-246-4614 if you want to come chat us up on the voicemail. As always, we love you. Happy Halloween. We'll see you next week. Listen, you wee bastards. Life's too short to be messing around. You need to live your life. Enjoy your time here on planet Earth.